five, 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 Okay, let's run. Let's count them down. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Top 5 Film Dive. I am your host, as always, Mr. Kurt Morrison, coming to you live from the beautiful city, uh, snowy city right now, of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And on today's show, we discuss the highs and the lows of the film year that was 2022. My guest today is one of my closest buddies in the industry, my go-to on box office, on anything news-related, and the only fella I wanted on this episode with me to discuss the top five films, our top five films of 2022, Mr. Guys Bowling. How are you, my man? What's up? I'm, I'm doing good. And then uh, this is my third time on here. I, I feel, know. Uh, you make me feel extra special. Oh, but it's my third time. Yeah. It's better on the show now, as I call. As yeah. I, there's, there's only two fellows Gavin, who I know will listen to this. He's my, my boy from Oakville, and you. So I, mm-hmm. I appreciate your time. So how's everything going? Nice. Tell, uh, tell everybody about the podcast. Uh, Back to the Blockbuster killed it this last year. Yeah, everything's going good. So, like, uh, Playlist Studio is our uh, podcast uh, network. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. actually going to go, they're going to be launching their website and app very soon, which is cool. kind of why they wanted to pick up a lot of us to kind of uh, start podcasts with them and like mm-hmm. kind of build up their network. Awesome. But yeah, we found out that uh, we were there. Uh, Back to Blockbuster was their most uh, streamed podcast of 2022. Right, forty one forty one thousand downloads. Beautiful. And um, I, I will shout out um, another cinephile page. Yeah uh films at home he does, he has a big youtube following he's like all about physical media he was in second place with thirty-seven thousand followers or, or downloads and i wanted to shout him out because the episode i had him on where i basically interviewed him about physical media mm-hmm. was one of our biggest episodes it was towards the end of uh the year but it was one of our biggest episodes as far as uh mm-hmm. listens and downloads so um cool. I, i'm gonna attribute that mostly to him because he has a huge youtube following cool. and it was the first like kind of interview episode that i got to do with someone rather than just talking news and it was really fun cool, i really man. enjoyed it cool but, cool yeah, cool it's been, been congratulations on just such a huge year man when you posted that on on instagram the other day uh i just had a big smile on my face you guys deserve it great show i i always tune in um and just so everybody uh listeners um know uh you have a new co-host correct yeah a new co-host uh jackson uh got added two weeks ago he was a guest in december and then i um he was he was really good and i was like looking for someone to kind of permanently film that uh fill that spot and he's just a movie fan i mean uh to quickly uh go through it like when i first started the show it was with my best friend owen and owen was like the casual movie goer yeah he didn't work in the he didn't work in the industry so like i wanted to kind of have that back again and like Mm -hmm. owen is on our spinoff now but it's just a bi-weekly show um i wanted to have that kind of personality back and jackson is just a movie fan and he loves everything about the industry but just from a casual you know movie watching experience so yeah we i added him officially uh last week we've already recorded three episodes we did we you know what he was down to do two episodes on monday because we had to do a regular one and then we did one for uh the 15th anniversary of cloverfield and he was just like dude i'm game let's just like do as many as you want so like that kind of energy is like so amazing and i think that will make like this year the podcast really good having that kind of like 
yep. enthusiasm, I will say. Like, totally. I, that's what these shows need, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Fresh blood, man. I totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, that being said, sir, the topic at hand as we uh go from the back to the blockbuster, um, to a year of blockbusters. Um, and and you know, there's some big highs and, and a few lows over the film year that was 2022. And and guys, I had you on the show back in the summertime, actually the end of summer, I think it was the last week, August. Um, and we discussed yeah. the box the summer box office uh numbers and so on and so forth and at that time buddy we had uh kind of crowned a king in our minds at least in top gun maverick and by that point it was still in theaters ironically enough and it finished this this year this 2022 year with 1.488 billion dollars which is nuts astronomical right i if i remember correctly i don't think you and i thought that avatar was going to surpass this and i think we said yeah, I think we said like it has a shot. If there's anything that has a shot, it's that. Yeah. Oh, and I think we mentioned we might have mentioned uh, Black Panther having maybe having a shot. Yeah, uh, but we I thought it was going to remain you know Top Gun. Now it's so funny because as we are good, well, I mean Avatar has been out for a month now and it's killing it. One point and as of today, so this is Thursday the nineteenth, guys. We're recording uh, one point nine two eight billion dollars. So it's about to cross this weekend coming up that two billion dollar yeah. mark, which we didn't think was possible at all. 575 million domestically um and i just got wind and actually i believe uh, uh some of the outlets in uh la there reported uh that black panther and uh ant-man and the wasp are getting chinese market releases so they are. i guess my first kind of question and, and the only reason i'm bringing this up is because black panther kind of puttered out at 800 million dollars do you right. think that chinese market now push that chinese market money pardon me pushes it over um a billion i kind of feel and this is just my opinion i kind of feel it might be too late i think so too. um because yeah. i think the i think the first black panther um and yeah. in, in that um in that market made like a hundred and seven million dollars when and, and yeah. but that was when it was it was released you know at the right time like yeah, yeah you totally. know while, while like the movie was released everywhere worldwide yeah. um i kind of feel like I mean, it'll give it a little bit of a push, but I don't think it'll be enough. I think I think Ant Man has a better chance of like kind of like doing well in that market because it'll be opening along with like you know in other areas too. But like, Absolutely. I think it might be a little too late. I hate to say that, you know, but well, I mean, I guess it's like tomato tomato. Like eight hundred and something billion is still. <laughs> Pretty, it's, di- pretty it's Disney good. too. They basically just have a, a money printing machine in the back yeah, of, uh, of the Magic like, Kingdom. We can't. They can't even get mad. Like they're like, you know, yeah, Avatar is their the biggest movie, but they're like they have all they have a monopoly on all the big movies. So literally, yeah, good for them. Uh, <laughs> I, you know what? And the House of Mouse is dominated this year out of the top ten highest grossing worldwide. They've got Avatar. They've got Doctor Strange at number four. They got Black Panther at number six, and then Thor: Love and Thunder at number four. Those four movies in and of themselves 1.5 another billion another billion so you got 2.5 yeah four billion dollars right there i think disney's doing just fine let's just call a spade yeah. a spade so yeah, yeah. Um, it makes up for that strange world flop i guess they can like write that off oh, <laughs> I, you know what my daughter actually she she's like dad we have to watch it i enjoyed it it's it's not great i saw it, it i liked it it's it didn't fine. deserve all that hate yeah it, it, it was just there <laughs> that's actually there. a pretty good point it's just there and it's on disney plus yeah. anytime my kid wants to watch it now um yeah. I, to, second what you said there i don't think that black panther uh does gangbusters in china because it's releasing on disney plus on february 1st here in north america right, right and i think that once the piracy kicks in on that and especially being in 4k and hd 
it, it wipes yeah. out any box office dollars um, that right. it could possibly make. Now, that being said, but um, we're going to start off with with our uh, biggest disappointment and then our uh, biggest surprise of 2022. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to take the reins here because I'm really I think I know what your biggest disappointment is. Um, but <laughs> my my biggest surprise this year, actually, and it comes in at number six out of my ten. And anybody who follows me on on Instagram will see my my top ten coming out next week, uh, because I'm I'm all tapped out for my 2020 releases. But uh, and I only watched it last week. Uh, Puss in Boots: The Last Wish. I have to say, uh, made me laugh. It made me cry. Nice. It is the biggest surprise I have had. Not only watching an animated movie in a very long time, but just any movie that came out in 2022. I thought the jokes landed. The animation looks fantastic with that variation in frame rate. Very like Spider Man into the Spider Verse esque at times. Um, nice. And like, I just think the writing lands. I think it's a completely fresh take in this this shrek universe that people are yearning for because it has been i think if i I remember correctly it's coming up on 10 years since the shrek the four or sorry shrek forever after uh was released right so um what's your biggest surprise this year um you know well because i'm the horror guy um i'm going with this one just because i it was getting released in september and i thought they were just dumping it in september yeah uh but smile turned out to be like a really solid like horror movie okay. uh, and i wasn't i wasn't expecting it to be either because like like i said i was expecting the mm-hmm. the you know the release date i was like oh it's september and then i heard they were just going to release on paramount plus yeah, initially yeah. uh and then when i went to the press screening for it with my brother i was like oh this is actually legit and then it caught on with like <laughs> every it caught on with everyone it made a lot of money like yeah i mean to have a horror movie gross over a hundred million dollars here in the states is like yes it's a huge deal for horror and it did even Big better deal. worldwide so yeah yeah, yeah. I, was, I was yeah i'm surprised that it was as good as it was you can't I, now you can't just assume when stuff gets dumped in september or january it's gonna yeah. be trash like megan came out in you know this month and it's perfect pretty good yeah perfect <laughs> example like it too yet yeah. to see it yet to see it and actually it's funny that you mentioned smile um, I'm a big chicken shit. It's the only horror movie of last year I have not seen because I watched <laughs> the trailer in theaters in front of the black phone and the trailer fucked me up Freaks. so bad. <laughs> I, I, like, I was like, I can't watch this. I cannot commit myself to watching this because it looks terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. Um, moving on. What is your biggest uh, disappointment of 2022? Now, is this just like a really bad movie of 2022? <laughs> let me, okay, so great question. Um something that you thought was going to be really good and was horrendously disappointing. We'll word it that way. Okay. There we go. Um, yeah. All right. So <laughs> this is only because with each watch, I've liked yeah. it less and less. Okay. And it's a Marvel, and it's a Marvel movie. <gasps> oh. uh, 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 and I almost picked something else, but that's just cause I, I was expecting this to be better. Um, <laughs> Thor love and thunder is like a, on that list for me i don't think it's like horrible which is why like which is why on like my 10 like yeah. 10 like worst movies of the year or disappointing yeah. ones it was all the way at the bottom because i don't think it's like yeah bad it's just like the more i watched it the more like you know yeah. like i said i think i said when it first came out he just ragnarok too hard yes <laughs> like, it went, like, you said that on my show yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah it went too far <laughs> it just went too far and like yeah yeah. Was, yeah i was looking forward to it and it just didn't live up to yeah I actually um painfully um and admittedly i actually echo every sentiment and that is that is <laughs> mine it was uh my answer for the 2022 summer box office dissection you and i did and it has yeah. just held that 
throne of being the most disappointing movie for me. Um, a close second, actually, is Jurassic World Dominion because on paper, everything <laughs> added up to making – I mean, it made a billion dollars, granted. Yeah. But everything on paper made it seem as if like, oh, my God, it's going to allow me to forget how bad Fallen Kingdom was. And yeah. all it did was make me – so angry on a Thursday afternoon <laughs> that I've yet to come back to it because I've been scared that like, Oh my God, maybe it was as bad as I remember. Cause I hated it. I hated it. But uh, again, there are so many parts of it that are entertaining. Um, and I love seeing gold bloom and Sam Neill and Lordern phenomenal. Uh, but yeah, no. just a, a train wreck from start to finish. Well, so. this, is, this is why we're friends, man. Cause I was going to name that. Um, but, <laughs> but I guess I kind of thought it could be disappointing. Cause like Fallen yeah. Kingdom isn't great. No. So like I think I was like, but I was like, well, but Fallen Kingdom ended and laid like the great a great framework for like where this could go. Yes. And then they they abandoned that framework like right away. (laughs) The first four minutes they abandoned it. Yeah. What the fuck? I was like, whoa. Uh, And by the way, it it making a billion dollars like people just love dinosaurs. I guess I I don't. (laughs) I guess that's what it is. Yeah. Like Fallen Kingdom did really well too, and like. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Again, you're you're better with the numbers than I am. It was like Jurassic World breaks top ten of all time, and then Fallen Kingdom makes like one point four, and then now or, yeah, just like barely that. cracks a billion. Just cracked, like, it, cracked a billion. You know what? Yeah. The the amount of money they spent on it, they're laughing all the way to the bank. Bravo yep. uh, to you, Universal. Universal had a good year this year. Uh, they had they that, and then um, yep. uh, Minions: Rise of Gru almost just yeah. at a billion dollars, nine hundred thirty nine thousand. Crazy. Yeah. Sorry, nine hundred thirty million. Jesus Christ. Million. No, that so, would have been really bad. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Whoa. So, moving along here, folks. Um, so guys and I are going to talk about our top five films of 2022. Um, I had to wait to put this out. Now we are literally at the end of January. I've been very excited to do this. I had a few movies to catch up on. I still have not seen, sir. And I'd like to hear your list of if if there is any movies that you haven't seen. I still have not seen Avatar: The Way of Water. Um, I just have not had time to go sit in a theater for four hours. Is there anything that you haven't seen that you think could have made your list? Um, I know Avatar wouldn't have made my list, but I haven't oh, seen okay. it. <laughs> um, uh, I just, I just, I, I, I rewatched the first one and thinking I would go see the second one. And like, yeah. it's just, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's beautiful. I will never take that away from it. It just, yeah. it's just not for me. I don't think. Same. And I, you know, like, and like you, I, yeah. I can't, I can't like pencil out like three hours and 12 minutes to sit in the movie theater. Yeah. yeah. I'll watch it. Like I shouldn't watch it, which is at home, which yeah. is not how it's intended to be. watched. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't seen, um, everyone's been talking about it. I haven't seen women talking. I know a lot of people, oh, yeah. I've heard great things about it and I haven't seen yeah. it. I know a lot of people that I know are mm-hmm. so mad that it's not making like the dent. It should probably make an award season. Like, yeah. Yeah. cause I heard it's really, really good. And I think I, if I did see that, that probably would have, Maybe me cracked my top 10, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I haven't seen it. I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah. Um, I've heard great things. As, yeah. Same as well with, with women talking. I just got a chance to finally watch. She said last week, uh, my I love it too. Yeah, my really lovely good. wife, uh, one day was like, we should watch, uh, she said in women talking in a back to back. And I was like, that's, that's a, that's a like lot. a heavy five. That sounds hours. like a lot. It's like, yeah. no, <laughs> no, I'm not, we're not going to do that. No. But so we picked, she said, wonderful movie, very well acted very well framed um but yeah women talking and and it's so funny that you say a lot of people within our group of, of friends and, and critics um are really being vocal about the fact that this movie's kind of just been pushed aside man i don't think i think it, i genuinely think it gets robbed i don't think it gets sarah paul a directing nomination i don't think it gets any acting nominations 
Um, and I don't think it gets that big picture nomination, but I hope I choke on my word saying that because I would love to see it actually earn something. Yeah. Um, my, uh, one of my, someone on, uh, I forgot who it was in our, yeah. one of the people in our like little cinephile group yeah. made a point, I think on their story to say like at the critics choice awards, yeah. it won, it won screenplay, but they didn't air it. It was like one yeah. of those things where they just like flashes across the screen. So like mm-hmm. the one award that Sarah Polly won, <laughs> like we didn't even get to like see it, Yeah. but I agree with you. I think it's going to get like, and no real reason for it to get shut out. I mean, I just, mm-hmm. it's just weird. It had all this momentum from a lot yeah. of people that really liked it. And out of tiff. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. It's just being like ignored now. Yeah. It, it's a shame. Which is odd. Um, that being said, sir, I'm going to lead it off. So I said, Puss and Boots. No. Biggest surprise of the year. Biggest disappointment. Thor, Love and Thunder. My number five comes in. And I, this is, I think, actually one of the first movies I saw back when theaters reopened back in March here in Ontario, uh, Toronto, Ontario, I should say. And, um, the Northman. Now, I only revisited this last week, and I I'd forgotten about it like a fart in the wind, honestly. And I remember really enjoying <laughs> it when I saw it in theaters. But man, this movie held my attention so much more at home last weekend on a rewatch on a 4K screen than it did my first viewing. The art direction, the costumes, the the landscape, Eggers' direction, everything about this movie is beautiful, and it's such a goddamn shame. And I was just looking over the box office numbers. It went 69 million worldwide. And in my mind, I'm like, if you just had to like position this a little bit differently, like you could have, Universal could have had like another like gladiator esque like hit on their hands. Cause I genuinely think that this is a phenomenally made, phenomenally acted, um, and just like overall like beautiful movie that kind of got yeah. pushed wayside as the, as the year went along. Um, so it, the Northman, it, Robert Eggers' Northman is my, my clear cut number five. So. Yeah, I agree with you on that too. I mean, like, and they must have had a lot of faith in him because they gave him a lot of money to make it. And this is someone that hasn't made like yeah. blockbuster movies, but they gave yeah. him a lot of money to, yeah, to do it. it. Yeah, eighty million for the budget, and then the yeah. marketing was another like forty. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think it just got lost in the shuffle of like earlier in the year. Yeah, like totally, which kind of happens, unfortunately. Yeah, totally, man, totally. So, what's your number five, Gene? Uh, my number five is Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. Uh, so like I we so I remember when you posted your thing, and I, I think I responded to you like I actually kind of liked it a little bit more than. Can I change my Thor, Thor answer? And, and and then you were like, <laughs> and then you were like, all right, maybe I wasn't the best movie when I watched it. <laughs> um, I tried so, again, man, and I just didn't do it. I don't like so, it. Uh, so like. I was ha- well. I was happy. I saw it in theaters during that one week that yeah. they released it yeah. in theaters, and the theater I saw it in was packed. That was really nice to see, and it was awesome. a mix of like people like our age, old, young. So it like it appeals to everyone. I just thought it was like really fun. I think I get like caught up in like the ensemble being so good. Like they're yeah. really good together. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I, I like you know like Edward Norton. I guess in the last few years to me is like starting to like take himself less seriously and just have fun, and that was nice. Like to see to watch daniel yeah. craig is great as usual i love kate hudson in this as well i thought she was hilarious yeah um i love the whole i mean i i think overall i liked this cat i mean i love the cast from the first one yeah i think i just had more fun with this group and i also like that it wasn't just like a carbon copy of like the first one it felt mm-hmm. different oh totally and not just trying totally. to just rehash what they did the first time yeah um yeah i think they were, and the writing was spot on too i thought i mean i know that you felt differently but i yeah i, I really i really enjoyed it I don't know what it was, man. And like, this was one of my most anticipated. I had tickets to this. Thank you, Darren, if you're listening. I had tickets to this during TIFF and it was a late show uh, in IMAX. And I I just couldn't commit to going to watch it. And then even when it came out the first weekend of Netflix, 
I just kind of like pushed it aside for like a day or two. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll watch this. Uh, and my wife <laughs> enjoyed the hell out of it. And I just, I couldn't, yeah. I don't know what it was. I just, I didn't fall in love with it the same way I did with uh, Knives Out. So, um, but I I know I'm in the minority. Uh, everybody except uh, myself and, and Yolo, uh, everybody loved this movie. And, and props to Ryan Johnson. What a, He's making that Netflix money now. He ain't ever looking back. Yeah, so. good for him. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. So, um, chugging along, uh, a movie that got swallowed up in the avatar uh hurricane um and a i i cannot believe and i actually had to do my research on this i can't believe paramount thought it would be a good idea to give damien chazelle a million to make a movie that's three hours long that features literally the first 15 minutes an orgy an elephant a, like a pile, like a Scarface pile of cocaine, and then Margot Robbie basically half naked. That part I get. Okay, I'm not trying to sound like a chauvinistic pig, but hey, if you're gonna sell a movie and you're gonna get guys' attention within the first six minutes, sell it, sell, sell it on all that, sell it on all that, <laughs> and, and have butts and seats. Uh, Babylon is fucking insane. It is absolutely. I did not expect any of of what I got. I think Brad Pitt it pulls in like another like. A supporting, uh, uh, sorry, best, best supporting actor nomination. I don't think he gets it this year, but he's so yeah. phenomenal. Margot Robbie is is so out to left field, and I love everything that she does. But this just reaffirms that, like, Chazelle's my guy. Like, Chazelle, I love Denny Villeneuve, and I love Christopher Nolan. Um, but I anything Damien Chazelle does, I pay attention to, and I I adore. I love First Man. Love this. I like Babylon. I like a hell of a lot more than First Man. But it's just yeah. so like unlike anything I've seen in the last little while that I I loved it. I absolutely adore. It. And like it did not feel like a three hour long movie on New Year's Day by myself in a movie theater. I, it could have been six hours long, and I wouldn't have noticed. Shout out to Tobey Maguire being coked out of his head and on ether. Yeah. The biggest surprise came, I guess because I didn't watch the trailers because I didn't want to spoil it. I didn't know he was going to be in it. And I had a belly laugh when he is the one that they turned the corner to. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've seen Babylon, right? I have seen it. So just like, yeah. uh, just for frame of reference, it, it like is at number 10. If I were to do a 10, okay. it like right. made 10. Um, I love the first hour a lot. Like the first hour of the movie is like, and it's, yeah. and like, I think like the second and third kind of meanders a little bit, but yeah. like, I really like, yeah. but I still enjoyed it overall. And, but you're right. I, I don't know what Paramount thought when they were like, we're going to put this not only around Avatar, but like, yeah. you know what? Right before Christmas, this is what people want to see <laughs> right before Christmas. <laughs> I, mean, I know it worked for like, it worked for Wolf of Wall Street, right? That came yeah. out during the Christmas season, yep, but yep. very different, very different. Like young people still love Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Like the whole uh, Wall, like the whole Wall Street thing is like still yeah. appealing to a lot of people. It's hard to get young people to be like, all right, go see this movie about 1920s Hollywood. Even exactly. if you have Margot Robbie doing her best Margot Robbie, uh, yeah. that's not enough. I agree with you, but I, yeah, uh, I saw it, it, the theater wasn't that packed, but I remember like older people that were in the theater, that first 15 minutes, man, they, <laughs> I could, I could just feel their reactions and they were just like, what is oh, this? Like, my uh, God. I wish also, I could have been able to see it. And I also want to point out too, if the movie got better reviews, I think Margot Robbie would be getting an Oscar nomination. I think she's missing it. Yeah. And, and I, but cause I think this is like the best thing that she's done. I agree. Like she's so good in, yeah. in this movie. I totally yeah. agree. I'm it's just trying to find it's Babylon right now, and it's it's um, it's it's not made five, a lot of money. Five dollars. <laughs> oh my god, man! And like, it's just like, guys, what were you thinking? Nine million dollars. Oh no. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. No. Well, you know what? Paramount had a good year too, so maybe they can like write that off. As well. Yeah. Oh, sorry. My apologies. 14. 14. Oh, God. It apparently, <laughs> according to according to international sources here on Box Office Mojo, has made seven hundred dollars internationally. Yeah, That's, I still think uh... it has to. Op- I think it has markets to open in. I guess, but I don't even think it. It's gonna. Mm. Yeah. That's gonna be oh, hard. No, that's uh that's not good. That's not good. Not good. Um dear God. Oh my god, I didn't realize I had done that bad. You're number four, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. At number four, and this was like actually a little higher earlier in the year, but um Top Gun Top Gun Maverick, I put it. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. it was higher, but yeah. like uh I know we've talked about we've been talking about Top Gun Maverick all year. Just a solid yeah. Yeah. legacy sequel a solid like you can it proved that you can make like a blockbuster movie with heart yeah. and integrity Absolutely. like and not just you know not just something just for show yep. um i think it's better than the first one i know i'm gonna oh, probably make some people upset you. that are like thank you that, like love that love oh. the original but like yes. let's 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 call a spade a spade the original is an entertaining <laughs> movie <laughs> it's very entertaining but this had like a lot more going for it and yeah. like and also, I, I've talked about like Tom Cruise before, just kind of playing the same roles all the time lately. Like yeah. he's basically like Ethan Hunt. Yes. But I saw sh- I saw shades of like what he used to kind of be, especially yeah. in that scene with Val Kimmer, where it's like, all right, you 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 still know how to act. Agreed. And like I'll never Agreed. take. And I love that he, he loves to entertain us and do all these great things with stunts. Yeah. I just really miss like actor Tom Cruise, and you got to kind of see yeah. a little of that again in this. So well said. Yeah, I mean er- everything's been said about it, and I still yeah. love it. I watched it again recently, like, like a week or two ago, and it's yeah. it's still so good. Agreed. Really good. Totally agreed. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's coming up. I don't know. Um, <laughs> who knows? Hold on. So, so Northman Babylon. Uh, your number five, my apologies. I already forgot. But again, memory's fading as I'm getting old here. Your number four, your number five. Uh, so number five was that movie you hated, Class Onion. Oh yeah, <laughs> number four was Class <laughs> Onion. Top Gun. And number four, right. and number four was Top Gun. <laughs> we're flying here. All right, so we're at the halfway point. I'm gonna make this real. Um, I'm gonna make this too anecdotal. Um, there is a difference between me crying and I'm a crier. Ladies and gentlemen, if you guys haven't figured out from listening to my show, I'm a crier. I'm, I'm a very emotional man. Um, almost yeah. perhaps maybe too emotional some days. Um, and there's a difference between me crying at like the ending of Avengers Endgame and then really connecting with uh, a, a song or, or I should say music or, or movies. And um, After Sun really fucked me up. I'm just going to pour my heart out here for my 30 seconds and never talk about this again ever in the light of day. Um, it's different for me to cry to something that is again, like a character where I have no relation to this person. Um, but the last f- about 10 minutes of after sun, when like the gravitas of the situation really hits between this father and daughter and having grown up in, in uh, a family with addiction, um, it, it really struck a chord, man. And it was something that I talked about with people for days after watching the film and i came back to it last week i want to clap like i bought it um i bought it on on my my television and i only watched that last like 20 minutes or so just to kind of relive and like make sure i i wasn't just kind of over feeling my feelings um right. i think after sun is an absolutely beautiful film absolutely beautiful film um i always forget i apologize i'm gonna pull her name up real quick here because i'm gonna screw it up it's uh charlotte wells pardon me charlotte wells um this directorial debut by charlotte wells um is unlike anything i've ever seen paul mescal and uh frankie corio are, are phenomenal They're, i can't say enough about those two um it's both 
heartbreaking and at the same time invigorating to watch. And it's a film. It's an A24 film. I, you know, I don't know why I expected anything different, but that first hour yeah. and 10 minutes is, is a typical A24 film. Very artistic, very much about the characters and very much about developing and showing us this relationship that seems fractured, but is also very like loving and, and candid between a father and a daughter. And, and I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a dad and I got a daughter and, and that was the first thing that it really kind of uh, harkened back to. Um, but that last five minutes is, is some of the best filmmaking I've ever seen in my entire life. It, it struck me emotionally. It made me feel things I had not felt in a, in a film, watching a film um, in, in a very long time. I can't remember ever feeling that way. And uh, yeah, it um, it's beautiful. It's an absolute master class in filmmaking and storytelling um, and, and getting and basically providing a theme um, that a lot of films don't really touch upon very well um, because all they do is essentially show you like what an addict does. And this was like, no, we know this is in the background, but we're going to show you this beautiful relationship between this father and daughter. So I, I guys, I could talk about this, this movie for the entire episode. I love after sun. It was almost at my number two, but my, my number two films got a little bit more of a comedic element to it, which I need in my life. So after sun, number three. Oh man, I will just say really quickly because I've kind of forgot about forgot about that movie. I yeah. should have mentioned that with women talking. I have not seen it. Yeah. I've heard people talk about it, but I've never heard anyone so far talk about it yeah. like that. Yeah. And that really makes me want to watch it oh. more now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I like I've like, I connect with movies like that. Like if it reminds me of like something that you've gone through or like your yeah. family's gone through, like totally you can connect, connect with and. Uh, you know, some people will make fun of that. Like my buddy Owen's like that too, where he's like, <laughs> yeah. like sometimes, sometimes I just want to watch shit that like makes me cry because I just need it. <laughs> That's <laughs> me. Like, yeah. Uh, and yeah. So yeah, to hear yeah. you talk about that so honestly, like that kind of makes yeah. really makes me want to see it. That's cool. That's awesome. Cool. I appreciate that. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Uh, check it out. Uh, it's a uh, it's an absolute. It's not even a roller coaster. It's just a a a beautiful piece of art that um really resonates i'm not i can't say anything else i really don't want to spoil it for you but uh i'd love to see uh paul mescal paul mescal pardon me uh get some sort of awards accolade i don't think it's going to happen it's a very heavy year um but it's just it's it's a beautiful beautiful acting performance and uh a great movie charlotte wells i'd love to have you on the show i've emailed your firm i hope it gets to you i hope it gets to you so uh continuing with your guys uh your number three uh number three of 2022 I feel bad because it's not as emotional as uh, your last pick. So, uh, but but um, uh, I got the menu and in my third spot. Uh, nice, um, cool, cool. Let's I, talk about it. I absolutely loved everything about the movie. It's like right, right up my alley. Yeah. Uh, I I knew when I saw the trailer, I was like, I'm gonna love, 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 love this movie. Yeah. Um, I just love. It. I think the script's really smart. I think the ensemble cast is great. I need to enjoy, um, proving once again that she's like one of the best actresses of like. Her generation, so right? Now. I Everybody, her so loved, yeah. I love her case, so much. In case you, in case you guys didn't know, he loves her <laughs> so much. <laughs> um, I just love, I, I loved her. Like she could, she was holding her own in like these really yeah. intense scenes with Ray Fines. Like you know, he's like the vet, right? And yeah. she's like, you know, and it's weird to call her a newbie, but like you know, she's not on his level, but she's still like. Yeah. She's such a good actress, and I thought the whole cast was really good. Like I'm like Nicholas Holt, um, who I. I guess I've never really seen play like an asshole, really like yeah. a real asshole. Yeah. It was just so funny to watch him like slowly digress into being a douche. Like it was yeah. like he played that part so well. And like John Lake was really good. And also if you work, I am a 
my part-time job, I manage the restaurant. <laughs> so the service industry, service industry, I know really well. Okay. Uh, I, for, I figure her name right now, but the lady that played the food critic is like spot on what those people are like when they walk really? into your restaurant really like very like yeah you know, very like pretentious and like they like take a little taste of this like a, oh i taste like a little bit of mm, mm, mm. like it's so like it's so like yeah the mustard seed uh, doesn't seem like it's fermented yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah pretty much like, yeah like shut that. up just fucking eat <laughs> but yeah but i thought it was i always like a good like yeah. kind of skewering of like the elite and stuff like that too I'm, yeah. like i know those themes aren't like like anything <clears> like new but i thought they like did it really well and it's kind of like almost like horror movie kind of backdrop yeah uh, totally and it was funny and I, I took my little brother to see it and i thought he wasn't gonna like it because i thought it'd be too like off the wall for him but uh, <laughs> he ended up loving it he said it's like one of the best movies i took him to uh last year so cool cool, worked cool. Out. i thought it was really good seen it twice now just came on disney plus uh last week in canada here yeah. and uh rewatched it again my wife hadn't seen it watched it with her completely took her by surprise um uh, when the twist happens when when uh yeah. the uh We'll, we'll call it the what is it what, what did they call it help me oh my god i'm forgetting oh when, when they uh which part are you referring to the part where he pulls the gun out what, what do they call it oh fuck i don't know i'm like i'm trying to play right now it sucks. i know what you're talking about you know exactly anyways like, she didn't see yeah, that yeah. coming and she's yeah, like yeah, yeah. wait what's he doing and i was like oh you'll see buckle up <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> so yeah. watching that and knowing what's to come and then the reaction yeah. of people uh oh fantastic movie menu is in my top 10 i look forward to talking about it next week uh when i mention my whole top 10 on instagram ladies and gentlemen um we're talking a lot but we are in a good spot here so i said i was conflicted because i had after sun at number three um excellent well-made movie uh but i'm a lighthearted guy and you and i talked actually over the last year about um particular types of films that they don't make anymore and cooper rafe uh is this guy that really really harkens back to like these movies of like Zach Braff from like 15, 20 years ago that like, I don't feel like Hollywood in and of itself makes anymore. So it does not surprise me that cha-cha real smooth ended up on Apple TV, Uh, Apple TV plus (laughs) whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, But I, I love this movie from start to finish lighthearted takes this very serious, very serious topic about like uh, an unhappy wife in this marriage where she can't figure out why she's miserable and she knows that she's depressed and has mental health issues. Um, and then you just find this kid who's just finding his footing in this yeah. hard world. That's probably going to beat him up. And uh, it's a story of love and it's a story about lost love and all these things that like, I just love um, and adore about it. And it's, it's, it's just fresh. It's just something that I, I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed and I look forward to watching again, but it has been in my number two spot since the night that I watched it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's again, one of these things that kind of just fell through the cracks because it came out early in the year. Early and in the year. Yeah. Few people very talk about it. Tyler Banark, one of our buddies within our big group of uh, uh, the critic circle. He thoroughly enjoyed it as well. Um, and it's, it's nice to see some people still remember it. So cha-cha real. He's a good, he's a good writer. He's a really good, I mean, like to be as young as he is. Yeah. Uh, and then like, like he really taps into like real in a funny way too, but also like in a really honest, respectful way, Yeah, like tapping into real emotions. Yeah. I like look forward to like what he does next. Same. Like, I feel like he has like a really huge career at him. Same. Yeah. Again, very similar with like this, this after sun, uh, okay. The after sun effect, like two very like contrasting movies but just real honest writing on on both on both parts and um again just something that i don't feel like we see very often anymore in films um 
Well, maybe we do, but maybe I'm just not paying attention hard enough. But anyways, uh, Dakota Johnson, I love you. You can come on the show anytime. Number two. What's your number two, guys? So. Shoot, sh- shooting your shot a little bit. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> You're not going to hit a home run unless you swing for the fences. And here at the Top 5 Film Dive, we're all about that. Margo and Anna, also feel free to stop by the show. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so my number two, um, I went with uh, The Batman. Um, Ooh. Oh. Uh, I still really loved it by the time like the year was out okay. um, and I know like it opened in March uh, yeah. I was actually talking about it with Jackson on our show yesterday when we recorded yeah, yeah like yeah. I didn't expect it I'm not expect. I wasn't expecting it to get any like Oscar love or awards love I thought the score would probably get some attention yeah. um, but it didn't even make the Oscar shortlist for its score <laughs> which is like cra- crazy to me insane um, yeah <laughs> But you know, I love I love what Matt because like you know like all of it like like everyone in the world probably, um, big fan of the Dark Knight the yeah. Dark Knight trilogy in general right so like that has been like other than the fact of like nostalgia of growing up with like Tim Burton's Batman movies and stuff like the Dark Knight trilogy is like that's like my Batman stuff like that's like yeah, you know, that's how I feel you you should make your Batman movies yep. but that being said I thought Matt Reeves did a really good job of like kind of crafting his own little like take on it i yeah. like the kind of like detective story angle you know everyone that loves batman like that's what he is and i love that it was dark but dark in a different way than like the dark knight trilogy was it was Absolutely. like it's, it's dark dark in a much more like almost gritty like realistic kind of way a mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. um and i i really enjoyed that he was able to capture that and give it his own kind of like visual style i thought robert Pattinson was a really good batman and this is for someone that like was like I didn't like hate that they cast him, but I was like, I don't know if he's gonna be good or not. I was like mm-hmm. kind of up in the air, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I thought he was great. Um, thought uh, Zoe Kravitz again was like a good, you know, Selena Kyle. We, I mean, I guess they didn't really represent her as like Catwoman too much, but a good Selena Kyle. Yeah. Um, and then and then Colin Farrell just unrecognizable. I know it's a small part, but like, yeah. you know, but cool for him returning that small part into like a limited series on HBO Max soon. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. I just really loved what he was able to do with it because like we've had so many different takes on Batman, so I think it's mm-hmm. hard to like kind of make it fresh and like that's all he need he needed to do for me was like make it fresh and make you feel like it's something new again and now i'm excited for like what he does with the franchise moving forward i'm glad it's like in his hands now yeah. and i hope you know james gone and peter saffron i like they're not gonna do anything you know they're letting him do his thing but i just hope they really let him do his thing uh, now that they're the heads so, like, hands off and just go hey man this yeah, is yours yeah. so yeah, exactly it, it makes me think though because now you got gun and saffron taking over at dc do they keep like so? Basically, what we've been kind of seeing the last couple of years, where we've got this. We know Pattinson was coming, but Affleck had the right. role still in this like Snyderverse going on. Right. Do they do they recast somebody as like another Batman? Do do we finally get John Hamm? I don't know. Maybe Michael <laughs> Keaton comes back, right? Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm just I'm very intrigued by what the Batman Part Two or whatever they end up calling it uh yeah. entails because again we've already got the kind of seeds planted for the joker and so on and so forth but i'm looking forward yeah. to it i rewatched it in between christmas and years i didn't love it the way that it did uh yeah, when maybe. i first saw it uh but it, it's it's still a really good entry man it's still better than a lot of stuff that they've done so yeah. bravo matt reese bravo so you still got one of the best reviewed movies of the year so yeah and that sir takes us to our number one 2022 what a great year for film in general um yeah, I mean, not to not to sound predictable, and like this is a very um, 
I would say it just my heart was made up when it came to my number one movie of quite a while ago. And I rewatched this film last night and it just solidified my thoughts and feelings as to not only how enjoyable this movie is, but um it, it it's the perfect popcorn film. Lyle Lyle Crocodile. So <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that to your <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the look on his face was priceless. I'm going to post just this clip. Um, no, Top Gun Maverick, man. Oh, my God. Top Gun. Uh, I watched it last night. I, I was like, I need to make sure that this is how I feel. Knowing that you yeah. and I were doing the episodes today, I need to know in my heart of hearts that this is the movie that I call my number one movie for 2022. God damn it. It's so good. Um, yeah. it, it holds up, man. And like at home the rewatch is just as thrilling as it was in that opening night IMAX screening. Um, the soundtrack's phenomenal. Gaga, Zimmer, Harold Ratmeyer, if I remember correctly. Um, you got that whole trio essentially just crafting this score to a film that like on paper should not have been as good as it was. Uh, but as yeah. you said, and this is the one thing I actually realized last night, you've got a story that like is, is pretty Christopher McQuarrie-ish. Bear with my over over analyzing here. The, at minute seventeen of this movie, you are told exactly what the conflict is, exactly what Tom Cruise and his cohorts have to uh, essentially accomplish, or or what the mission is. And then I yeah. went and watched Mission Impossible Fallout and Mission Impossible <laughs> Rogue Nation. McQuarrie has, and he's one of the writers on this film. He has a literal distinct plot like breakdown in his writing we're at that like 14 yeah. to 18 minute mark of any movie that he's written in the last 15 years 10 years sorry he, knows. he does that he basically has like a hard action scene and then you get the exact plot synopsis of what you're fucking buckling into for two hours and then it's go time and i love it i absolutely love it i'm so excited for dead reckoning this year Cruz is at the top of his game he's batshit crazy and i'm all for it i think it's 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 honest to god one of my favorite action movies of all time uh, and I didn't think I felt that way until last night. Uh, Top Gun Maverick still, honestly, uh, to sound as yeah. as I uh, as ridiculous and and this dad joke I have had set up in my my mind all day. It took my breath away. And oh, there you go. There it is. Funny. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Dad joke. You know, I go back. Baby. I go back to my like. I go back to that press screening the, when I saw it like two weeks before it opened yeah, yeah and someone asked me someone asked me how it was yeah and you couldn't really talk about it really because you're like under embargo and whatever yeah. and like all i can remember saying that first thing and i still stand by it i was just like guys it has no business being this good yeah. like at all <laughs> like that's all i can really say like i don't i wasn't expecting that and i was completely floored by like how like not, it was it wasn't just a fun action movie i mean it could have easily just been that yes uh and and no oh, it had heart and like a I love it. I mean, okay. it's funny. I'm gonna go back now and watch, and like know if like at that moment that like 14, 17 minute mark and those yeah. like three movies, yeah. if that's where you get it, and I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Like, you notice someone's like writing structure, like, yep, I love here it. it is. Macquarie knows exactly what he signs up for when he does a cruise movie, and they're like, oh, okay, we're on the same page. Okay, yeah, cool. We're, we're gonna yeah, do yeah. it this way. We're gonna yeah. do it this way. That's um, how we're gonna do it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You said something, and I, I wanted to actually just touch back on it. Tom Cruise reminded me that Tom Cruise can act. And you said it yeah. so perfectly well earlier is like, there are two scenes in this that like gut me when he has his scene with obviously with ice, ice man, the, the, you know, the reconciliation, I know reconciliation, basically just the reunion, I should say, pardon me. Um, yeah. And then honestly, like that, like 
I guess we can call it like back and forth that he has with Rooster that like you feel the tension, yeah. but you also see in his eyes that like he's heartbroken that essentially he's done something to this kid, but he can't admit why. Like, oh man, right. Tom Cruise, yeah. just give us like one more dramatic role yeah. before everything goes to shit or you kill yourself in space or whatever. Um, and then just, win a, <laughs> just win an Oscar and then like we can call it a day, man. Like, because <laughs> I think he, I think, he, dude, I honestly think he wants an Oscar. Like, I, I, so too. I, I think he wants one and like, yeah. For like for like for me like yeah. I've tried, I was trying to think of the last movie before this one yeah. where I was like oh like when did he like last act and I was like yeah. I guess like Collateral maybe yes. was like the last yeah. one well said. And, I didn't even think and of like that. Yeah. <laughs> and like you know and then like but you look at all the stuff beforehand like it's like yeah. he has like a really interesting career where like he was doing all this stuff I feel like awards kind of attention stuff like yep. Yep. and then like he kind of switched gears and i was like now nah, i'm just gonna be like a yeah. a glorified stuntman yeah. <laughs> like and that's and that's fine but it's entertaining cruise is I, clear I, between the guy go ahead the guy okay. can act though and like no yeah. i'm just like the guy can act and I, I like i want him to like remind us that he can still do that like yeah. he's more than just like death defying stunts and yeah. like like you said, going to space where he might die. Like, I think, yeah, he's sorry, I, ladies and gentlemen, I shouldn't have said that. But in my mind, I'm just like, if that's gonna be the, yeah. the one, it's got to be. The well, one. If that's how he goes, and <laughs> how he goes, yeah. Um, between '86 and 2004, I I, I said this uh, to somebody, uh, I think on the show one day. Cruz does a one for me, one for you type of acting career where he's like, I'm gonna do one movie that's gonna get me a Golden Globe or an Academy yeah. Award nomination. And then I'm going to do one for me. That's going to make a lot of money. And then I'm going to do yeah. this. And then I'm going to do, I'm going to do an action movie again. And like, if you look at his, his, his uh, IMDb or basically his filmography, that's how it rolls for about 17 to 18 years. And then he yeah. just turns into that like super mega, essentially like Mission Impossible, Ethan Hunt style actor, right? We get Jack Reacher, we get more yeah. Mission Impossibles, we get Night and Day, which is dog shit, but nevertheless, it still fits that mold. And here we are now in 2022 yeah. talking about Top Gun Maverick. So that is my number one yeah. film of the year. So, and guys, I leave it to you, my friend. What is your favorite movie of 2022? So this was, um, this was really interesting. It was hard. Like I had to save face while you mentioned it. Cause I didn't want to like spoil or spoil alert. Oh, now I gotta, show. Uh, Babylon. Cha Cha Reels. No, Cha Cha Reels movie was my number one. What? And I, I held, I held back how I was like reacting to it because I was like, I don't want to give away that it's my number one. Wow. Uh, uh, again, I, I think I agree with you that it got lost in the shuffle of like, you know, early in the year. Yeah. Um, because I, because I think if, maybe if it would have come out in the fall, yeah. like it, you would be talking about it in like the screenplay category, like at least, <laughs> uh, and like, um. I, I kind of pick like piggyback on everything you said. It's a, like I thought that it is a really funny. The script is funny, but it also mm-hmm. tackles a lot of these themes in a very like real way. Mm-hmm. Um, I I always go back to that scene. And I think it's a really strong scene where they're like, I think they're at her place, yeah. and then I think uh, he I think he says to her like, "What does it feel like to be depressed?" or something mm-hmm. like that. Yep. And like that explanation, like it's very like I mean I know it's it's like yeah. the way they it's explained. It's like wow, that is like that's what sadness like kind of feels like and like so you have that like kind of real moment like that but then like his character is also really funny and offbeat and like everyone knows what it's like to like be in your like early mid-20s and not really know like what your next step is and like he's kind of in this like uh space of like arrested development a little bit where he's like i don't really know like (laughs) what what my uh what my goal what my goals are but it's like it's cool that he meets this this woman who's like also in a space where she doesn't really know like Mm-hmm. what her life needs or where it's going because like she's bored and like yeah. 
husband's never there and like mm-hmm. um I, I i like how they're like going through these kind of similar things like kind of parallel to each other a little bit yeah. and then that's why they connect and that's why they like form like whatever relationship the kind of relationship they form <laughs> and it's a kind of beautiful thing to see and i think it's really beautiful writing and like i said he's really young and for him to have like his finger on like his emotions that way and like be able to write like that totally um I thought it's really good. I'm also a sucker for movies like these. Same. Like it's like when I first when I first watched it, I was like, yeah, I feel like this is gonna be. Uh, if it's not my number one, it's gonna be somewhere high yeah. up there. And and I know we talked about like although the industry has talked about a lot mm-hmm. about the whole uh, nepo baby thing, nepotism, and like yeah. especially in Hollywood. And I know Dakota Johnson, like her dad is Don Johnson, her mom's Melanie Griffith. Um, her post like Fifty Shades career has been absolutely stellar. Like absolutely. the girl can act. Absolutely. And like, this is not so I, you know, when I hear people talk about like, well, yeah, maybe she got a, someone like her got a leg up because of who her parents are, but you only stay there if you're good. Absolutely. And, and like, I, and I think that she showed once again in this that she's just a really like connected and like phenomenal actress. And right. I thought she had really good chemistry with him too. Like, I thought they were, they worked phenomenal. Really, really well together. Yeah. Oh, and also shout out to Leslie Mann, who I loved. Uh, yeah, who I love as well. Yeah, <laughs> who Leslie Mann's always my a, girl, man. a reliable presence in everything that she's in. Totally, uh, totally, totally. completely, yeah, un- completely unbelievable as his mother. But yeah, 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 a bit. Fine. Yes, yes. But I'll take it because I love Leslie. <laughs> exactly. <Mann>. <laughs> <Me> <laughs> Just yeah. like and something doesn't add up here, Leslie. But you know what? I like to see in movies, so I'll yeah. take it. So. But I, I did I, you you yeah it's blew my, so my I, almost, I, I wanted to react when you said it was I was gonna be like ah but that was I'll give it away <laughs> I, I didn't like, say number like, one that's why that's why I was just like over here like yeah yeah I I, I want to see what he does next yeah <laughs> we'll see it's, it's a pretty yeah, good movie yeah, yeah, right. yeah I think I saw it back May- in the day yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what his next one does I don't know. <laughs> So, uh, guys, give everybody your top five again, sir, as we wrap up this episode. All right. Number five, we have Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Number four, Top Gun Maverick. Number three, The Menu. Number two, The Batman. And number one, because like this is why we're friends, Cha-Cha Rosemuth. <laughs> Starting at five, I got The Northman, directed by Robert Eggers. Number four, Babylon. Number three, after Sun, number two, Cha Cha Real Smooth, and number one since uh, the day of my birthday when it came out, Top Gun Maverick, starring the legendary Mr. Tom Cruise. Guys, thank you as always for coming on the show, buddy. Uh, I love you to death. I enjoy spending time yeah, with yeah. you, getting to do this every couple of months. I know our lives are so busy. Please tell everybody where they can find you on uh, the podcasting streams and then on social media. All right, guys. Oh, there's so much. All right. So, so G Reels <laughs> on Instagram. So G <laughs> underscore R E E L Z. Uh, yeah. That's where my main Instagram page is as well. Uh, the podcast is Back to the Blockbuster. Uh, that's the main show. And then every other week we have our spinoff, Back to the Blockbuster presents Deep Dives with Owen and Gaius, where we just showcase a different movie that we pick a uh, week after. Or, every other week mm-hmm. um yeah so i can find most of the stuff i'm running for cbr still doing a little bit for joe but mostly cbr now uh yeah i'm it's a really good exciting time I'm looking forward to 2023 and like yeah, getting to do this kind of space like we got to get you on our show again uh tell me a time and a place buddy i will be yeah, there, i mean i love i love doing yours because like you are a very well-oiled machine here so oh, like, thank you, sir. Thank you. that's fine i want to i want to i need to i need to adopt that it's where it's like no let's just wing it <laughs> Yeah, there's there, you know, there's some there's some there's some like you know there's some good stuff in winging it, but sometimes you have to have like 
structure. Sp- spontaneity and structure, buddy. It's just that one cohesive tenant-like unit here. There we go. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, we got a big year here at the Top 5 Film Dive. A um, lot of, of really exciting stuff coming in 2023. Thank you. To, I'm just going to give a, 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 a following my after-sun emotional speech. Uh, it was a year of progress and a lot of year of development, and I pushed this aside for a little bit to take care of uh getting married and doing a bunch of other cool shit and um i'm going full speed ahead in 2023 thank you to everybody who made this last year successful it was phenomenal um very encouraging and just to know that uh you guys enjoy the product that i'm putting out uh feeds my creative soul um so thank you thank you all uh guys i'm gonna have you on again soon brother take care of yourself ladies and gentlemen until next time